Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command, Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson. Instant reaction. Game ended less than five minutes ago as we were recording this. Commanders beat the Packers 23-21. Logan, I actually don't even know if my heart rate is down from that final lateral play yet. (laughs) Uh, from the big completion of Sammy Watkins. But at the end of the day, they get it done. And uh, it's a huge win for Washington. Uh, they're 3-4 and four now on the year. Crazily, same as the Packers, same as the Buccaneers, who lost to Carolina today, which is wild. Uh, but what did you, well, like, to me, big takeaways are the offense looked a lot better. Uh, the defense did enough. And uh, ultimately, they beat, they beat Aaron Rodgers and company. Yeah, I mean, I think like we talked about in the pregame, so the story was going to come down to the offense, and I think that's what the story was. Like in the first half, the offense struggled a little bit, didn't look great. Taylor Heineke didn't look great. I think, you know, of those first eight throws, I think a lot of them were off target. A lot of them didn't look like he was settled in, and obviously uh, the uh, the interception for a touchdown is no good, but he seemed to find his feet a little bit, settle in, and then I think we saw more in the second half of who we thought Taylor Heineke was going to be in this game. You know, a guy who... Uh, was making some plays off schedule, you know, elevating the play of the offensive line, finding his playmakers. And I think, you know, a guy that you've been calling to see quite a bit is Terry McLaurin. And this is the game, like one of the like one of the games where I think you feel why he's like a number one guy. A couple of catches there late in the game, um, the touchdown, obviously. And I think um, credit due to Taylor, credit to Taylor Heineke, obviously, but obviously Scott Turner did a lot, I think, um, in this game and looked very sharp on the whole, I would think. Yeah, definitely. They did a great job of getting Taylor the ball or uh, getting Terry the ball and using him in a multitude of ways, including as a distraction. They line him up in the backfield once. Um, you know, they they do some really nice stuff that we'll talk about with a bunch of other players as well. But I mean, this is why you paid Terry all that money to make yeah. plays like the stuff that he did where he beats arguably the best corner in football one-on-one for a touchdown in Alexander beats him in a couple of competitive situations. You go to him in the late uh, stage of that game to get the key first town. They then gave me a heart attack by continuing uh, to not hand the ball off and do other stuff. And it's like, Hey, Heineke will fumble the ball. Please stop making him a ball carrier and just hand the ball to Brian Robinson late in that game. But we can uh, pick those nits maybe on Wednesday's pod, but uh, for now, I think you just give Scott a ton of credit. You give Taylor a bunch of credit. You give Terry a bunch of credit for being able to do that. And really, I, I think this is this is ideally what this offense looks like outside yeah. of like those first 10 plays because if Taylor is as efficient as he is from second quarter, mid-second quarter or so on, 
throughout the entire game. And, and who knows? Maybe that was just rust. You, you chalk that up to rust and you go, okay, let's project that out over a full four quarters. Like you're looking at a 250 yard day. You're looking at multiple touchdowns. You know, maybe something else becomes a pick. Maybe you don't have the pick six though. Um, and, and I think the bigger thing, Logan, is the ball or the target distribution today is all is basically exactly what you'd want. You have 20 carries for Brian Robinson, 10 for Gibson, but he's also got some catches, including a phenomenal touchdown catch. Terry's got eight targets. Curtis has eight targets. Armani gets involved. Obviously part of that is because Cole Turner gets, uh, catches the concussion and is out. But like they move the ball around in the ways that you really want to see. And if they can continue that a week from now with Jahan Dotson in the mix as well, now we're talking about an offense that can really do some things, and we kind of get back to the level of expectation that we had going into the year, even with Taylor at quarterback instead of Carson. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it reminds you a lot of what happened in the uh, Jacksonville game, quite frankly, mm-hmm. like the way they moved the ball around, the stuff they got to. And, you know, you, we, we gave kudos to Kerry, but I think uh, Curtis deserves a lot of recognition here too because he made a lot of catches in the late game and in the second half that were – really big time plays like he you know that one for first down where he's kind of over the middle over the middle of the field basically over the ball and uh you know um kind of he's a little high and up to the left and he jumps up and makes a great catch unbelievable catch makes eric stoke miss in the late game there that was fantastic by him uh so a guy that i think deserves a ton of credit for for that production we talked about you mentioned gibson there um man he looked sharp and i think this is again you see the advantage of having a Brian Robinson, like a ying to his yang, because uh, it keeps him fresh, man. Like, I haven't seen burst in a late game like that from him in a long time, maybe ever since he's been here. And, uh, you know, for him to catch a handoff on the outside and then, like, look like it's everyone's got an angle and then him outrun everybody to the sideline, like, that's what that 4 3 will do for you in a body like that. So, ton of credit. I mean, I think everybody had a very solid game O line. You know, I'm sure there are some things we could nitpick there, but uh, solid. And again, like, feels a lot like Jacksonville. I think you feel like, man, Scott was really innovative. He did a lot of fun stuff. Um, but you and I were talking about before we got on, just is this how Scott is when he's got a little extra time to prep? And- so this this is the million-dollar question. Um, we've talked so much about the control of the variable. You know, oh, well, now that it's a different quarterback, we get to find out, was this about Scott not being innovative enough or was it because Carson couldn't handle it? Next week is the week, and I hate to keep pushing it off, and I wish I'd thought of this uh, and, and talked about it more this week uh, in general, but like you said, when Scott has extra time, like he did against Jacksonville, where he's got a whole summer to come up with a game plan, or at the very least two weeks between the end of training camp and week one, it's innovative, it's all over the place. Curtis has a bunch of carries. Curtis, again, with five carries today. Hallelujah. Um, You know, after not having one for three weeks. So was it they were able to get deeper into the playbook? There's a lot of multiple multiple motions, shifts. Like, Mm -hmm. you had real, like, let's give the defense a lot to look at, a lot of window dressing type of stuff today. And is it because they had the extra couple days? Or is it because Taylor can handle that and Carson can't? And this is a conversation for another day and perhaps one for – about two, three weeks from now when Carson is getting ready to come back from a health standpoint, depending on what happens over the next three weeks. But if it is because Carson can't handle it, you don't need to play him the rest of the year because he's not the guy moving forward. There's no point. Just let Taylor continue to cook or take a look at how, depending on where your record is and all that kind of stuff. But again, that's a, a conversation for another day. But I think for today, huge kudos to Scott Turner for returning to that multiple offense lots going on lots for defense to think about 
Um, and then we figure out next week whether it's because he had the quarterback that could handle it or because he had extra time to come up with the, this kind of offense. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. I mean, I don't think – I think there's a world where even if Taylor does really well over the next four weeks that Carson is still the guy, you know, kind of assuming that he gets more comfortable with the offense that he's learning and continue to study. Because, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, there is still that world. Like, I mean, I, I don't want to make – If he exact- sees it as Taylor Taylor does it, it's like, Carson, go do that, then maybe. Yeah. But if he, if, it, if they're not calling it – because I don't want to get into this too much now, but, like, right. you're you're right. I will – I will. But it's, it's, it's avoid, like the yeah. – it's like the Cooper Rush, Dak Prescott scenario. I think in their minds, you know, Carson is Dak Prescott at the moment. And no matter how well Heineke plays, they're not going to start him over Wentz, at least, you know, like in the next six weeks, because that would be an admittance of a big mistake. But you're right. Let's talk about the game a little bit more. The other thing that I think is a huge, huge play in this game is the pass interference call on Gibson by Stokes, I think it was, that negates. Yes. The touchdown, the pick six or the, yeah. the scoop and score, yeah, scoop and yeah, score. Because yeah, yeah. I look at that and I thought, man, that's pretty dang close in terms of if I'm if I'm a Green Bay fan, I am livid because that that is a very borderline call. In my yeah, opinion. it was. Uh, I think it was illegal contact. Uh, yeah, but it, uh, yeah, that is a pretty soft call, um, yeah. especially that far away from the ball. Like, there's no impact on the play. Like, it's bad. And this this is something that I t- I tweeted this out at the time. Um, but Heineke has a field awareness issue, um, and it will pop up every once in a while where he just mm. misses where guys are, whether it's he throws an interception right to someone or he doesn't realize who's on his backside and he gets stripped. Like that kind of stuff happens regularly enough with him that them getting bailed out by one penalty call does not fix the problem. Yeah. It's really nice because it's the difference in you winning and losing this game. So you absolutely take that and run. But that has got to be a continual coaching point. It's like, Taylor, you have got to protect the ball better. Otherwise, you're not going to get as lucky next time. And, and obviously, that's going to change the outcome of the game. And you said this earlier. I do think that there is uh, there was an element of rust, I would think, mm-hmm. to Heineke. And I think that's maybe an element of that that shows that's, up. Right? That's fair, too. Yeah. He hasn't been tackled, right? Like, he's been the scout team quarterback. You can't touch him. So he's yeah, No one's blowing you up from the blind side in a red jersey. Right. And so I think that's part of it. Um, also you see some of the arm strength limitations, but I think we got a lot of what we thought we would get, especially in the second half. You saw a guy who was like making plays in the offense. You saw a very diverse offense. You saw open players. You saw all this different stuff that was great. Even they ran mesh a ton in this game, but you saw how that progression is supposed to work and how the ball gets out of your hands quick. And it was just, a, it was nice to see the offense clicking in a way that we haven't seen since week one. And, you know, I guess, you know, obviously you need to see another week of this because it's got only innovative after kind of a pseudo buy or whatever. Mm. But um, but I think you see kind of the the impact of those mistakes and those misreads that Carson has been making the last four weeks. So one of the one of the times they run mesh uh, was when Heineke stepped up in the pocket and threw yeah. like a sling to Armani Rogers over the yeah. middle. And like we haven't seen that ball get completed to the guy over the ball all year. Right. Nevertheless, when the quarterback is buying time with his legs. So that's a huge credit to Taylor. The other thing that I think is a huge credit to Taylor, and this is a bit of a double-edged sword with him because of the and I hate that I feel like I'm caveating everything with a little bit of a negative with Taylor. So I'm gonna but it, but it, I'm, but I'm it, just gonna I'm just gonna say this and like it is what it is. Um but I would say overwhelmingly a positive. Yeah. With the arm strength, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because balls hang in the air longer with him than they do other quarterbacks. But his anticipation is phenomenal yeah. in a lot of the offense, including that last first down to clinch it to Terry. 
That yeah. ball is early on the outside, and Terry comes out of the break, and he fights, and he gets it. But that ball is also in the air forever. And so I, I, I still, the game is over. It worked out. You play the result, sure. I still don't know if that was a good decision. I would love right. to you know, get Truth Serum and Scott Turner on that. Of like, hey, man, like when he lets that ball go, are you going yes, or are you going, oh, God? Um, because that ball, again, like you're throwing it before the break. There's an element of anticipation, an element of trust there that is required to succeed in the NFL. But when you have the ball hanging like he does sometimes, especially to some of those outbreaking routes, if the receiver doesn't come out quite right or the, the DB plays it a little bit better, that can be a pick. Um, and it can be a pick six. So it's something to monitor. But overall, so I would say 85, 90% of the time, anticipation is a great thing and yep. watching this offense be run in timing with a quarterback who will throw the ball as receivers are coming out of their breaks, as opposed to having to see the ball or see the receiver come out of his break was a massive, massive difference today. Yeah. And it was huge. I mean, and even that like, Terry, that was such a nice play by him. You know, the, the coming out of your break, you're in a contested situation and then to accelerate to the football. I thought that was, that, that was cool. You know, like, you watch football games for cool football plays and that was a cool football play by Terry. But yeah, I think the timing thing was awesome. The anticipation was awesome. And again, it didn't really show up until the second half, but even on some of those incompletions early, like he's just a little bit off. And I think uh, again, that like that stack line could have looked a lot better even, even with that. But um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Brian Robinson deserves a ton of credit as well um, for the way he ran the football. We talked about Gibson, but Brian Robinson just being Mr. Consistent in terms of, banging around in between the tackles and being productive. I think there was a couple of runs he'd probably like to have back, specifically the one down near the uh, end zone. I think it was in the, th the fourth quarter, third quarter. where The Preston one that he Smith, bounced? Yeah, where Preston Smith kind of, you know, hog ties him there and the, the cavalry comes. I think you probably want that one back. But again, overall, I think you see the value he adds to this offense. And, you know, even on the, the first scoring drive, for him to catch the football the way he did and put you in a good spot was pretty fantastic. But again... He got a little lucky with the uh, what, what was he? Would you say it was not pass interference? Um, uh, illegal contact. contact. Yeah. Get a little lucky with that, and I, you know, I think the other thing that sticks out to you after watching this is how clean they played this compared to how they've been mm. playing in terms of a penalty from a penalty standpoint. They've just they did a really nice job of not being, you know, outside of that last scoring drive by Green Bay. They played yes. a really clean game, which is good. And then you see kind of how Green Bay. They, they just don't look like a well-coached football team right now. They're not playing very well. So, um, you know, you see the value of that. Yeah, I want to talk about Green Bay a little bit in a second. Um, and as we talk about their defense, this quote real quick, though, from Ron Rivera, so good post game. You can win ugly or win pretty. This one was everything. Uh, <laughs> as for the defense, they definitely played, like, fine. Um, yeah. but how much of this is you watch it on, on TV, uh, before you get a chance in the film is like, man, this green Bay receiving situation is nasty. Like it is, it's pretty pathetic. And, and I also wonder, like, this is, this is a conversation for the green Bay world. Like, I do wonder how much a guy like Aaron Rodgers can just obliterate the confidence of young guys who don't do well. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't seem like, like a guy who like tolerates failure real well. And is going to be like, all right, buddy, it's okay. Let's bring you along. Sure. It's like, no, you, you need to be better right now. Um, it doesn't seem very nurturing. And you watch a guy like Dobbs cat or drop a key third down, a key fourth down. You watch some of the other issues that they have. 
and you watch where he goes late. It's like, I'm just going to run around until I can find Sammy Watkins because the only guy I trust. Obviously, they get extra bad news within the game as Lazard goes out with the shoulder. How much of this is Green Bay's ineptitude uh, and and their inability to overcome that versus a really good defensive performance from the commanders or, or some mix of, of the two? So I think it's a good performance by the commanders. I mean, when you look, when you peel it back, I mean, they only scored 14 points, I think. The, right, because uh, they have the, the pick six. Right. And uh, so, again, that's they did a good job. I think they, they, they won in some high leverage third down situations, which mm-hmm. they haven't been doing. They won on the fourth down, which you mentioned. Uh, they just did a nice job. I think Benjamin St. Juice deserves a ton of credit. I don't care who's out there, man, to be in those situations and not get PI calls and be in tight coverage. Like that's some big boy NFL corner type stuff. So good job for them. Uh, I, you know, and like, yeah, I think I agree with you. Aaron Rodgers kind of going like, what the heck are we doing? I don't think he's talking about the play design necessarily, but I think he's talking about the person who is kind of the primary target on those. Like, why isn't Alan Lazard in there? Why isn't, you know, uh, Sammy Watkins in there? So I think that's probably part of it. And I can only imagine that's just going to rip Dobbs apart in terms of his confidence, but they don't have a lot of playmakers. And we knew that coming in. The best playmaker on the field is Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones. He <laughs> and he had a day. He lived up to the billing, right? He ran the ball well. He caught a touchdown. Like, that's what you expect from him. You know, you, I think if you're – if I'm Matt LaFleur, I'd probably look back and say, what are some ways we can get A.J. Dillon touches in the in a similar way to what Washington did with uh, Gibson and um, Brian Robinson? So that's something I'm sure they look back on because, again, there's not a lot going on out there. You know, Robert Tunyon only has one catch on the day for like four yards. It's, it's a tough deal. It was really Al Nazard and – nobody else outside of that Sammy Watkins catch late in the game on the scramble, but it's, it's bleak for them and they need to find a way to get some playmakers. I think, um, like you said, I wonder what Aaron's involvement is with that in terms of how, how, how he could change his demeanor in terms of bringing those young guys along. Cause there's no doubt those guys are talented. You just watch them run, you watch how they play football and you watch what dubs has done, especially against uh, new England earlier this year. And you say, that's a good football player, but you know, you need to find a way to, bring him along like you said so yeah Dobbs four targets zero catches Tunyon wound up with three for 32 he had a couple in the last drive right. but like right until then yeah the one for four um most of the game Watkins two for 36 including the the 28 yarder late Aaron Jones nine for 53 two touchdowns but they only ran the ball 12 times and Logan it's because they barely had the ball. Yeah. We talked about the total number of plays so often for Washington. Green Bay ran 47 plays in this game. That's terrible. Because they're 0 of 6 on third down and 0 of 1 on fourth. That is a ridiculous stat line, especially for a Green Bay offense that's that's you know, like it's it's helmed by Aaron Rodgers. You know, I don't yeah. I don't I don't care. Like you should be able to get some stuff done. Um, obviously the uh the pick six in there, that does affect your play total because you sure. get more plays to um the commander's offense, obviously, but um, yeah, that's that's tough. And I, again, the defense deserves credit to be 0 6 in those situations. You need to be a little bit lucky and you need to be a little bit good. And I think in a lot of those situations, they were both. And they did a great job of capitalizing on Green Bay's mistakes, whether that's a penalty and also making their own plays. Like I think about, I think it was the like the like the first drive after the touchdown. I don't remember exactly what it was, but John Allen gets in the backfield, six yard TFL. Great job. Next play is a holding. It's third and 25 or second and 25. Like mm-hmm. there's not a lot of plays available to get that done. So I like they created some of their own luck in addition to capitalizing on some stuff that Green Bay didn't do well. 
Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say to close it out is like, yeah, Green Bay, you say, oh, it's six to third down. How many times did Rodgers hit receivers in the hands? And it's like, was that good defense? Well, they, there's no penalties elsewhere on the play. Like, how yeah. often has that been the issue? So when you play a team, I can't believe I'm saying this, but you play a team like Green Bay, who's not that good. <laughs> um, but the reality is that's just where they are right now. Not beating yourself is being good because right. they're not going to be good enough to beat you. So don't give them a hand. And Washington deserves a ton of credit for day for for that today. And and they put pressure on those guys too. Like, yeah, the ball might have hit the receiver on the hand, but there's a guy right on his back too. So it's not like they're giving up uncontested stuff that uh, just got dropped. Like they made it difficult, and Green Bay wasn't up to that task. And that is that is NFL football. Uh, and so they deserve a ton of credit for what they did today, uh, holding Green Bay to just 232 total yards. And to your point, like the the ball to Dubs on fourth down, like Kendall Fuller is punching that ball out. Yeah. Like, great job. And yep. then on the other third and three, four, whatever it was to Dubs, like that's an excellent job by Cole Holpum, like being physical to the ball, right? So the ball's not tucked yet. That's good reaction time by Cole. That's good football. That happens, man. Like you catch the ball, but someone hits you and you drop it, it's a drop. You know, and that's people being reactive and closing windows quick, quickly. So they had a hand in some of that stuff, obviously. And then there's that ball to, uh, you know, to Sammy Watkins, uh, where Benjamin St. Juice is in coverage. And again, like Aaron just misses that thing by 15 yards, whatever that was on the go. Do you remember that, Craig? Like mm -hmm. it was. Yeah. It was, I thought Watkins like pulled up again or something. Like it, yeah. was, it was really off. But it was, Saint, you know, the corner's right there. It was bad. And I, but again, that speaks to kind of where they're at at the moment. Like, it's not just the receivers, it's also Rodgers. Like, they ran a jolt play early and there was a holding call on it. Jolt is like a keeper to the left. So, sell outside zone to the left, boot to the right. There's a post. The post is open now. Dubs is open. Dobbs is open and he just shorts it. And so I look at that and I say, like, there's a play. Obviously, it would have been negated by the penalty, but you didn't make it, even mm -hmm. if the penalty wasn't there. So, Again, he is culpable. Aaron Rodgers is culpable in their dysfunction at the moment. And um, but yeah, kudos to the defense for getting it done and getting them in, getting some pressure. And great job. Ultimately, all the Commanders fans listening are going, "Not my problem." Uh, get yeah. the win, twenty three twenty one, and and special teams. Special yes, teams that's what was I was going to say too. Sorry, yeah, we were of the yep. same mind. We talk to each other so much now. Um, <laughs> yeah, special teams was great for them today. Like that, the ball that Christian Holmes downs inside yes. the one before half was spectacular. Percy Butler, great job, and you know negating that penalty was awesome. I thought the return game was solid. I thought um, Dak did an excellent job. We I know we talked about him earlier in the week as kind of being average, but he mm -hmm. catches the ball running forward into contact that saves them probably, I would say, 15 yards. So great job there. There was a whole bunch of little plays like that. And um, I just thought, you know, and then, and then Green Bay's ended up with a whole bunch of penalties on their returns, like just waiting clean sheet for the special teams and also made some plays that put you in a good spot to be successful. Yeah, I mean, Trust has that ball down inside the one. The one and I think uh, Daryl Johnston was fair in saying, like, it's kind of – well, little, uh, little risky not getting that ball down inside the 10 uh, on the last punt of the game where Trust gets it just to the, you know, inside the 20, sure. But uh, considering the field position, you like to see that one a little bit closer to the goal line. But outside of that, and still, again, no penalties. Like, that's a, that's an A day on special teams right. uh, for sure. And, of course, they have the muff punt uh, early, which helps uh, them get on the board. So um, a second straight week, you get a gift from a returner. But, you know, as Bill Belichick always says, those lefty punters, yeah, they'll get you. They'll get you, Tress, putting out bombs and uh, not well-received on the other end. All right, uh, that'll do for this nice instant uh, reaction pod. Efficient. We were efficient. 
That's for sure. Uh, you can catch me tomorrow. More reaction on the radio, 3 to 6. I guess by the time folks are listening to this, probably today. 3 to 6, uh, Monday through Friday on the Team 980. Our next podcast is Wednesday. We'll take a deep dive into the tape, and then we'll get you ready for the Colts coming up on Friday. Chance to get back to 500. Is this season going to get weird? Probably. <laughs> it's the Commanders. It always does. Uh, for Logan, who you can follow on Instagram at Logan underscore Paulson 82. I'm Craig. Hit me on Twitter at Craig Hoffman and at Hoffman Show. And uh, we'll see you Wednesday back here on Take Command.